Jay Foreman postgame show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinny Krikak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Our postgame coverage here at 93.7 The Ticket rolls along after Nebraska's 17-9 win over Northwestern. I'm Austin Norman, Jake Bachforman. Post game yeah, show, that's right, yeah. something like that. <laughs> I can take you guys that, like yeah. it. You guys confused all the time. <laughs> that's right. Ever looking look so in the window, does too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, similar backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. I can see how that goes. <laughs> and Ben's on the board with us. We'll be with you till oh nine o'clock or so here at ninety three seven. The ticket. I know you're all interested in a volleyball update here, real quick before we get talking about football. Twenty one sixteen. Nebraska leads Wisconsin in set one. Seventeen to nine. Nebraska football takes down Northwestern. Buck, I just want to start with this. In the last year of divisional play in the Big Ten, Nebraska has never looked like more of a Big Ten West team than it has this year. The quintessential Big Ten West win was today. Fewer than 250 yards of total offense, turnovers galore in the first quarter, (laughs) but Nebraska guts it out. It, It wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. It was very Big Ten West, but it was a win. Yeah, it's really interesting just to compare this to where you were a year ago or a few years ago. Where I mean, obviously the offense uh, isn't where it has been in the past and it's got a long ways to go. And, and you're right, just kind of fits in with the Northwestern offense, the Iowa offense, you know, some of these offenses that just really struggle um, and, you know, wait on the big play to, to, to get you out of it. And that's what Nebraska did today in Malachi mm-hmm. Coleman's big play, um, uh, which we'll talk about, uh, you know, and, and, and Coach Rule gave. Tom Osborne credit for uh, bringing that up. So that was really cool. And I think it's something we'll remember about this game for a long time, but um, it's, it, it is, it can be frustrating and it can be not as entertaining as maybe some people like for, as far as a product, but I truly think, and it's not necessarily a bad offense. Do you want to pair this defense that they have with mm-hmm. a hard nosed offense? that's going to run the ball and like, you know, you drive fear into them, but you can't just snap your fingers and be that from day one. So where, I mean, there's, there's no way that I can argue that this offense is going to fear, you know, strike fear into anybody, but I do think it is the path for Nebraska to get back to their rightful place in my mind in college football, because you know, I'll just say it like this, and maybe you can follow along, is that I think Nebraska has to out-Nebraska you in a college football game. I don't think they're going to out-California you. I don't think they're going to mm-hmm. out-Florida you. They're going to out-Texas you, if you get what I'm saying. I the, do. the flashy, but you know, offenses that you can throw out there. If you just try to match what Ohio State has, good luck, because Ohio State's going to get better players. Mm-hmm. So I think, that, I think that this is headed in the right direction. I like uh, where it's going. I... But at the same time, you still have your gripes. I mean, the play calls coming out with passes. Uh, you know, they had a three and out where they were passing the ball over. So even when they do pass, I get a little upset, I guess. <laughs> so let's dive into the coaching here first. We'll, I'll get into play calling in just a sec. But Matt Rule gave credit to Tom Osborne for the the pass Malachi Coleman for being there, drawing it up one last time. And we've heard a couple times Ron Brown, who's in the building, who's at least on the staff in some capacity, got credit for installing the option. I don't know what to make of that. Part of me says, hey, good. They're listening to other voices. They're they're flexible. They they listen to people who've been around the business for a while that know what might work. On the other hand, it's, really? You still have to take advice from those guys? Like, Ron Brown isn't a coach. He, he's on the staff, but he's not a position coach on the field. Tom Osborne is who he is. I, I get it. Like, talk about innovation. That guy did it. But if you still have to take ideas from, what, mid-upper 80s Tom Osborne, 
and you can't come up with your own schemes that work. I don't know what to make of having to draw on those sources to put together some semblance of a functional offense. Yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, because I think Matt Rule sometimes tells us too much. <laughs> and I right. think that's what you're kind of alluding to there is, you know, that, you know, and, and it's such a great moment and it's really cool. Obviously, Tom Osborne's, uh, you know, impact here at Nebraska is unmeasurable. We just be quite honest with you, 93-7 ticket probably wouldn't be here without Tom Osborne having <laughs> sure. come to Nebraska <laughs> sure. because, I mean, it just has built up so much. But, um, you know, so I think it was worth saying, but I do think he, he does say that, you know, get, get you too into the details at times about his thought process and things that are going like that. Um, and, and so I think there is a lot of way to go, but I do think, again, I think there's something to um, maybe understanding and learning and and in, in, in actually using the stuff that you hear from the legend. I mean, I know mm-hmm. for years and years we've had coaches and even, you know, Scott Frost who played for Coach Osborne say that. And, you know, I'm sure they gave him the time of day to listen to him here and there. Um, but uh, he's one of the best play callers, you know, in, in, in college football history. And if he, he saw something that might work or say you got to run this off of that, uh, which he did, um, you know, I would listen to him. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, it's 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 really interesting as the season goes on, and Matt Rule has talked about it, um, not necessarily liking the fact that everybody in such a fishbowl here and we compare mm-hmm. the defense and the offense, but um, just the evaluations that we'll have on Marcus Satterfield uh, is intriguing because he doesn't have a lot to work with. Um, maybe some of that, again, can go to preseason chasing some guys off. Uh, but the guys he does have to work with are getting hurt and going down game after game. And we maybe saw a little bit more of that today that it's just, it, you know, it, it's just manufacture points, manufacture opportunities and try to limit turnovers. And it's kind of similar to the Illinois game where, you know, I think I come out of that Illinois game. You know, a lot of people were kind of frust- frustrated and upset that they didn't, you know, win and, and put the game in, in, in put the game away when they could have and mm-hmm. gave Illinois all these chances I you know a little bit better this week, but still just too many fumbles, too many interceptions, uh, and too many times the defense had to step up and 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 stop Northwestern. But again, this is the the defensive team. They did step up and stop Northwestern when they needed to. Sandman four sixty on the text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. If you have any thoughts on Nebraska's seventeen to nine win over Northwestern, says hey guys, I didn't take it as they needed uh, Coach Osborne to drop a play. He just drip a play that they happened to use which I think goes to what you're saying, but I think Matt Rule could have been a little safer in his phrasing because um, it sounds like, oh yeah, we you know, we needed that from him, where I would hope that they already had that idea in the back of their head, right? Like if you're running this option look out of the I formation, that's really all you have. You got to have a counter right. off of it. So hopefully it was at least in the back of their head. Um, maybe they couldn't get it put together off of film. They didn't know the best place to look for it and they needed Coach Osborne to draw it up, well, which again is a little concerning in its own right. But if it was just a, hey, this is what we did. This worked for us. And they just said, okay, how did you draw it up? And asked him, fine. Well, and it's interesting too, because as we say, like criticizing Matt Rule for maybe giving us too many details or or uh, going into it is also like, I know that he's very particular about what he says. I mean, he's a mm-hmm. very bright guy and very great with what he says. So maybe um, he's more, you know, leaning into, I can get some, some points from the Husker faithful here by saying mm-hmm. we drew off of Tom Osborne where... You know, it was there, but maybe a shared idea like you're like you're pointing out might be the case. Um, either way, it is it is interesting. And I do I would want to know that at some point is like how much of that was just Osborne. Because if you like you like you said, anything that's successful 
you want to have something off of it so the defense has to react or is not mm-hmm. ready. And so, um, you know, I think that they would have something kind of brewing up there. Okay, Marcus Satterfield comes out, guns blazing. First play of the game, pass, interception. This is where the play call, but the players, you have to look at both aspects of it. I get it. The narrative coming in was Northwestern can't stop the run, and they really didn't very consistently. Nebraska didn't go, you know, crazy in the run game. You have to credit Northwestern for the job they were able to do. I mean, Nebraska, less than 250 total yards, 163 on the ground on 39 carries. 4.2 yards per carry is meh, pretty pedestrian. Good enough for Nebraska today. But Marcus Satterfield comes out, first play of the game's a pass. Heinrich Harburg locked in on Thomas Fedoni a few times throughout the game. Mm. Play one, it bit him. Not a great throw. Um, goes off Fedoni. It's intercepted. But this is where you look at the film. Nate Borkutcher is running wide open. So even though we might want to gripe with why are you passing you know, on first down in that situation, it was there. Borkutcher was there. He had a player open. He just chose the wrong one. So maybe it's on Satterfield for leaving it up to the quarterback, but also it's on the quarterback. Heinrich Harburg missed a lot of easy throws today. Yeah, and I, I think the same can be said about that three and out later in the game when yeah. they had uh, they had three straight passing plays. One was a wide open, you know, if it was on the money, Alex Bullock's running down the field, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, put it in a place where you can catch it, you get 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of the same thing there. Um, but it is, it is a little bit of kind of knowing your strength, knowing your team, don't set them up to fail. So, um, you know, this is a case, like you said, Nebraska didn't score or didn't rush the ball as, as much 163 yards. I think, um, I think Northwestern has given about 174 entering the game. So they didn't quite reach that, uh, yardage mark, but this was an, an opportunity I thought to really establish the running game, um, from the start. Instead, you know, you have two out of your first three drives that ended up in interceptions, um, it, 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 I mean, it, there's, you have a good point that, and that's been a point with Jeff Sims at times. That's been a point. I mean, there's guys at times that are open down the field and just are missed by these quarterbacks, but that's where you are. I mean, that's, that, except who you are. Harburg right. threw for 85 yards today. More than half of that on one play. Uh, yeah, and most of it on one play. So, um, you know, it, you're not, even if you draw something up great, you have to understand that your players, you know, that's not necessarily their strength. But at the same time, you know, if you're an offensive coordinator, you want to drop your first 15 plays or whatever, get the scripted plays in, you might want to be more aggressive. I don't know. I can understand it, but at the same time, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those hindsight deals, but at the same yeah. time, uh, it's easy to to pick apart um, when your struggling passing game struggles out of the gate. It's not your strength, but what's your tendency? What's the line between playing to your tendency and being predictable versus being consistent for your guys? That is definitely more of the art of play calling than the science. So you have to give Satterfield a little bit of leeway there. Trust that he's putting in the work, putting the game plan together. On the flip side, Tony White, especially that last drive. I mean, the defense was masterful. What was it? Six sacks and 13 tackles for loss on the night. Eight sacks, actually. Eight yeah. sacks and 13 tackles for loss on the night, even better. And I know that the television broadcast made note of this throughout the end. Wasn't playing prevent defense at the end. Still having... Blitz packages on, still getting after the quarterback. And, you know, that's the old adage. Prevent defenses, give up points. If you just let him march the ball down the field, get in rhythm, Northwestern had many chances to tie that game, but they didn't. And I think that's a big credit to, obviously, the players on defense. But credit Tony White for saying, guys, I trust you to make plays. Even though you've gotten burned a couple times here recently, 
stay after it, stay aggressive, stay on the attack. And I think that really paid dividends as Nebraska iced that game. Yeah, and that, that five-man front that they're drawing up is really causing problems, especially for Northwestern, who doesn't have a particularly good, um, uh, you know, past uh, – Pass blocking mm-hmm. in general. Um, so to get eight sacks is the second time Nebraska's done that. Of course, they did that against Colorado and lost mm-hmm. earlier in the year. But still, I mean, that that's impressive. And what again, what continues to be a little bit more impressive to me is the different guys they're doing it with. I mean, we saw guys stepping up. Nash Hutmacher had two sacks, or I think it was credit for one and a half early in that game. Um, we all had to look up who James Williams was. Still don't know if he's real. Out there. Um, and, uh, but, I mean, you're just seeing uh, different bodies being thrown out there. And there was the one drive where Northwestern was kind of moving the ball, where I was wondering, you know, if that, like, is is a negative at times, where it's like, okay, no, these guys don't have a rhythm together. The last mm-hmm. last group was really going at it. But for the most part, you've had just great results with with funneling guys in and out. Um, and, and I mean, this defense, you, you talk about the, even, you know, they've won four out of five. Now the first two games against non-con opponents, uh, you know, gave up 25 points in those games. And these last two games, uh, what are you at 16 or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, it, in, in overwhelming, overwhelming teams. And so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it the, the credit obviously goes a long ways to Tony white, but you wonder where this team would be without him. I remember when they hired him. And mm-hmm. kind of thinking, okay, I don't know. And the co- obviously, there's a lot of questions about uh, the three-three-five. But uh, man, has it been spectacular! And you can't wait to see, you know, a few years into this thing when he starts recruiting guys that he thinks will work for this defense. You know, just what the upside is for this. Uh, and then, obviously, as they build on the offense, to to have some counter uh, action to that. But uh, the defense was incredible tonight. The, the Nebraska calls plays and, and plays the game to rely on that defense. Uh, and it and it showed up for him once again. We'll take this a few more minutes here. Take a break. Hit the top of the hour in in five minutes or so. Um, turnovers for this defense. We've talked about it for a few weeks now. That's the next step. Nebraska only gets one on defense. It was the end of half heave. Tommy Hill gets the interception. Doesn't play in the second half. A little bit of an ankle injury. Um, seems like he'll be okay long term. Just wasn't able to go in the second half. Nebraska has. Uh, two turnovers. They only give up three points off of it, and the three points came on a drive that the defense pushed Northwestern back 14 yards. Mm-hmm. But so many more opportunities for that. You have the the Billy Kemp fumble. on. I'm going to give Northwestern credit for that one. Kemp yeah. had one arm on the ball, but he was up in the air. As if getting tackled, guy comes in with his helmet, punches it out from underneath. Um, Harburg just dropping a snap. Now Jeff Sims has one and Heinrich Harburg has one, so that, that scores even. Um, and then, I don't know if it's a miscommunication, just a misread between Fleeks and Harburg on the, the handoff, the exchange in the backfield there. Just uh, ball handling. The Phelan Sanford could have had a pick, had his hands on one that I think would have iced the game a few minutes yeah. earlier, wasn't able to do it. Credit Nebraska for not turning the ball over more than it did offensively, but at some point... To be a true Big Ten West team, like we started this segment off talking about, you have to capitalize as a defense on every opportunity you have to get your hands on a on a pass. Yeah, and I think it'll be important, you know, later in in years of closer games, uh, later in the year, I should say, with in closer games to 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 do that and to provide your offense with short fields or an opportunity uh, to get some additional points. Obviously, an offense that struggles scoring. I'm not as concerned about that. I know that is naturally kind of what you want to say about a defense that's doing everything but that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can't gripe too much. If, again, if you're holding opponents to single-digit scores, that, that, you know, to complain that you don't get turnovers. Like you said, 
Um, maybe an opportunity. I mean, there, but that happens every game. There's a dropped interception, mostly or one or two from both sides usually. Um, and so I don't know. I, 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 I get that that's what you want to see eventually, but it kind of reminds me. Remember when Shenander came in? That that was the kind of the opposite. Is is you know we're gonna we're gonna be kind of a turnover heavy reliant defense, and and it just never never really got happened. there. Um, so I mean I don't know if you you talk about recruiting different type of guys or have more of an emphasis on popping the ball out and all that stuff for year one. Uh, you know for the defense where it's at. Maybe that's something you can maybe build on and work on more in the off season. Um, but and then the other thing is. You know, it just naturally, sometimes it can just come in groups at one time. So hopefully in one of these games, you know, they get three interceptions and a fumble recovery or something that helps them lead them to a victory um, because they, they are a good enough defense that it, it should be happening. Sometimes it's just, you know, for having eight sacks and not one where the ball pops out on a pass, you know, when he's, mm-hmm. when he's about to pass right. or something like that, that's even kind of rare. So it'll happen. I, I, don't, con- I, don't, con- I don't concern myself too much with that moving forward. Um, but uh, it certainly could help for a struggling offense, as you as you point out. If it comes down to, do I think the lack of turnovers is from scheme or from players? I'm going to say players. It mm-hmm. seems like Nebraska's been pretty solid, pretty steady across the board. I'm still not completely sold on this defense athletically. The defensive line showed up today against a not great offensive line. I mean, I know Phelan Sanford tests off the charts athletically. And again, take this all with a grain of salt because these guys are infinitely better athletes than I will ever be. But relative to other guys in the conference that we see making these plays, there's not a, a Kalen King. There's not a, a Cooper DeGean. There's not a uh, Tyler Newbin mm-hmm. on this defense. Um, like Quint Newsom, really solid player. Don't know if he's an athletic marvel, which might be part of why, you know, maybe slow breaking. So he's in the right position, but he just doesn't have that extra oomph mm-hmm. to go step in front of one. Um, again, got his first interception last game out against Illinois on just a really poor decision by, by Luke Altmeyer. I think Nebraska has to continue to get faster and more athletic, especially at the defensive back position. Again, their scheme sound. I'm pretty happy with where they're at in the, their grasp of the scheme and being in the right place. Their, their tackling was better today than it was against Illinois, I think, overall. But to get some of those turnovers, I think you just have to be a better athlete. And either it's study more film and use your athletic gifts and trust your athletic gifts, or you have to get more athletic, get a little bit more pop, get a little bit more bounce, especially in the defensive backfield to make some of that work. I'm Austin Norman, Jake Bachoven with me, Ben running the board. We'll take a break, be back, uh, talk plenty more Nebraska and Northwestern. Huskers takes that one against Wisconsin. Badgers lead at 6-5, set two. More ticket post-game coverage comes your way in just a minute. It's time for the Jay Foreman post-game show. Here's Coy Detmer dropping straight back in the pocket. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! Look to the left, and he kind of telegraphed it all the way. When the ball was tipped, Foreman's in the right spot. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinny Creekett, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. Here's Fawendi dropping back, fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. No Jay Foreman, but it is post-game coverage here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We are also streaming worldwide for you on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. If you're in Lincoln or the surrounding area, we do also have Allo Channel 951 if you have Allo Cable. I'm Austin Norman, Jake Bachoven to my right, Ben is on the board. 
Let's talk some defense. Story of the day, definitely only 257 yards allowed for the, the black shirt defense. 81 of those yards on the ground. Another stellar effort there. Really good effort on third down. Northwestern goes only 3 of 15 on the day. Uh, they don't convert their only fourth down uh, attempt. But Bach, the story to me for the defense is not that it was a perfect game, but that when it wasn't perfect, the defense bowed up. You had a touchdown-saving tackle on a long run by Omar Brown. You have Malcolm Hartzog get burned but be fast enough to catch up to Kurtz up the sideline. And the play that Matt Rule talked about in postgame was Isaac Gifford knifing through, it really being double-teamed by two offensive linemen on a screen play. He saves what Matt Rule thinks was a touchdown there. Not perfect for the defense, but you talk about making a play when you needed to make a play. I think those three examples really helped win Nebraska this game. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a long game. So even if you're, you know, a bin but don't break defense, uh, there's going to be opportunities where, you know, a big play is it needs to be stopped and, and shut down. And, and you're right. I mean, they've got it. They got a few of them. But uh, Nebraska chasing those guys down and, and say and making it say, hey, you have to earn your way in the end zone. It's not going to be mm-hmm. some, you know, just big play explosive play on us. And of course, Northwestern never got there. Um, so very impressive. Obviously, a lot of the, the credit with the eight sacks is going to go to um, that front. And I think that that's perfectly, you know, the, in the front, it's hard to say what it's called a front seven. It, half the time there's five up there, but it's a three, three, five defense. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, the defensive line and linebackers, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, the defensive backs doing a good job as well. Um, Northwestern doesn't have necessarily the greatest athletes, but they actually come in with some pretty good wide receivers that the, you know, mm-hmm. Bryce Kurtz ended up having a pretty good game, mostly off that 66 yard, uh, catch that he had and ended up with 96 yards. But, uh, again, everybody, you know, shut out, out of the end zone. Um, so give the secondary some credit here as well. Um, and you know, then like you said, I mean, Northwestern, that's a, it, it's, it's almost anybody in the big 10 West part of the recipe for success is going to be running the ball and, you know, uh, ke- keeping that, that offensive identity kind of going and Nebraska, uh, you know, shut that down for the most part, especially, you know, Jack Lausch came in for those, mm-hmm. um, wildcat plays didn't really get anything going there. Um, there was one drive where Tyus was kind of getting some openings and, and then his, his breakout run was kind of funny because he got pretty slow pretty quick. He didn't have breakaway You know what speed. it reminded me of? Greg Bell against Colorado. Okay, yeah. Burst up the middle. You think you're home free. You just forget to drop the plow. It's still on your back, and <laughs> you're not right. moving at all. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought that was really interesting. Again, you can only face what's in front of you. This Northwestern offense, not the most uh, overwhelming or, or, you know, all that good so far this season. But uh, Nebraska... Um, held held them down and held them out of the end zone and 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 played big when they needed to and specifically as we already mentioned that that last drive of just being on the attack and realizing that they they are not picking up like free runners all the time and that's mm-hmm. you know that's a lot of that is uh, you know the, the philosophy and the in the plays being drawn up by the the defense and then some of it's you know sometimes just a, a player on the on the northwestern um, you know missing assignment or not picking it up or whatever mm-hmm. but. Uh, it, it, it's, it's been very impressive to watch this defense work. And obviously they're going, Nebraska as a team is going to go as far as the defense takes them. It's, and it also just kind of intrigues me. Like what is, have they done enough for you to, uh, I guess, forgive a little bit what happened to Michigan? Do you think the same thing would happen if they played Michigan again? If Luke Reimers, maybe, you know, does it, does that maybe change anything? Um, I'm interested to see, and maybe if you start looking at the Big Ten West uh, standings, maybe we'll get a chance to see that down the line this year. I don't 
want to completely erase Michigan from my memory bank, and I don't think Matt Rule would either. I don't think it's a burn the tape game. I think that's one that should light a fire in you because that's not the standard this defense has played to. Now, Michigan is currently doing unholy things to little brother. Mm. Uh, I think it's 28 nothing at last check. Yeah, 28 nothing at halftime. They put up two touchdowns in mm. each quarter. So Michigan's good. I don't think they're that much better than Nebraska. I mean, maybe they are, but I don't think the score should have been that lopsided, even if they are. I expected more from that defense. But the fact that the defense has responded, you can you can mock the schedule, say that, you know, they're just beating whoever's on it. And yes, that's true. They are. But the defense has responded. It has stepped up. And that's huge because Northwestern had a chance to make this game look ugly on the scoreboard early. They start their first drive uh, on the Nebraska 44 yard line. They move back seven yards. Big credit to the defense there for forcing negative plays. Their next drive starts on Nebraska's 47 yard line after a punt that Nebraska's backed up with. Um, they only get five yards. They're forced to punt. Um, Nebraska throws another interception, the second one. They start on Nebraska's 13-yard line. Nebraska pushes them back. I thought they were going to be out of field goal range till they they dive forward on a, for a few yards on uh, third down. They end up kicking the field goal. But to have a team start at your 44, your 47, and your 13-yard line <laughs> and give up only three points, coupling... Those first three series with the fourth and goal, fourth and inches stop against Illinois, and basically the entire fourth quarter where Nebraska couldn't stop fumbling, but the defense responded time and time again. That's why I think this team doesn't want to forget Michigan. They have to tell themselves they're better than that, and they have to hold themselves to a higher standard because I think that lit a bit of a fire under their butts to say, hey, we can do this. That's just never quitting. It's never giving up. It's playing the play in front of you and not conceding. Yeah, I, I wonder, too. You, you go back to that play and wonder if, if Illinois scores on that drive. You know, how does that change to how we see the last two games? Does Nebraska not get that momentum rolling? I think that was a big play. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I let's not let a victory, uh, you know, make us forget how ugly that first quarter and how oh, all, yeah. how we were all just pulling our hair out and frustrated mm-hmm. uh, with the position that the offense was putting the defense in. And because of those, you know, three and outs and, and, and did give up a field goal, but moving mm-hmm. them back, um, Nebraska ended that quarter not giving up a yard. Northwestern had zero, yards. Yards. zero but they had three <laughs> points. Uh-huh. Um, but it obviously could have been a lot worse. And with Nebraska's offense, like knowing that, and sometimes, you know, like that Illinois drive, it takes takes your blood, you know, a few possessions to get your blood flowing and your defense working at full tilt. So it would have been easy to say, you know, even if Nebraska was kind of locked down, hey, you maybe you give up a touchdown, a field goal in that first quarter because of the bad spots you were putting in. All of a sudden, this is a completely different game, uh, and you would hardly be able to blame the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's why it is is just continues to be impressive and. and and, and be reiterated week after week that this is a defensive team. You're going to go as far as as they are they take you, and they're going to be put in bad spots, <laughs> you know, two, mm-hmm. three times a game by this offense. And they've been able to step up in most games and 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 make the most out of it. And you know, I I just can't wait to see again where this thing is headed in the future years, obviously, but even this year with like younger players and different players stepping up. Um, it it in their confidence continuing to 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 get better. Purdue's going to provide a little bit different of attack, but it's not mm-hmm. like it's you know a, a great not Big what it Ten has West been. offense coming in. Yeah, not what it was uh, under their previous coaching staff. So 
Um, we'll see, but I, I mean, I think you could see another game, and and it's going to be Nebraska's formula. You know, hold these games kind of under twenty and see <laughs> if you if your defense can can stop them. Let's take a break here. We'll talk about the offense specifically. Heinrich Harburg didn't look great today. Probably his worst game um, as a starter. Let's get into why. Was it really? Um, was it salvaged by a win? We'll talk about the Nebraska offense, Heinrich Harburg's role. Give us your thoughts throughout break here. We'll get to him on the other side, 402-464-5685. Nebraska beats Northwestern 17-9. We'll break it down more next. Jay Foreman Postgame Show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar & Grill, Vinny Krikak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Nebraska 17, Northwestern 9. We're breaking it down for another 45 minutes or so here on 93.7 The Ticket. Big thanks again to Allo, who sponsors our VIP line, Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. They also sponsor Channel 951 on their cable service. Make sure you have us pulled up if you're sitting at home enjoying this Husker win. Not a lot else interesting going on in college football right now. So, hey, don't just listen to the ticket, but but watch the ticket. See my beautiful face, or, well, more more importantly, box beautiful face. That's correct, yeah. So, um, <laughs> slightly less beautiful, but equally effective, Nebraska's offense. Got the job done today. The Huskers uh, score a field goal and two touchdowns. 17 points, not a beautiful output, but let's talk about the quarterback position here, Bach. You know, it's not all on Heinrich Harburg. Not all the struggles are, but also not all the successes are either necessarily. Sand, uh, yeah, Sandman460 on the text line says, Harburg is a good game manager, hate to say it, but we have an Iowa offense this year. Kind of starting to look that way. Again, I go back to this is the most Big Ten West Nebraska has looked. Harburg's final line, at least passing, was absolutely Big Ten West. 8 of 17 through the air, 85 yards, a touchdown, those two picks that came early. 47% completion is what 8 of 17 is. To his credit, he didn't get rattled by those mistakes. Easier to do when you have a defense that backs you up the way Nebraska's was today. Game managers can't throw two interceptions. You, you just can't. I would rather see Brian Buschini kick it than Heinrich Harburg throw an interception. I don't know what it is what led to those interceptions, but... It looked like mechanical. It looked like the pass he had batted down too. The arm's a little low, especially for a 6'5 guy. The arm's a little low. It sails on him sometimes. He gets underneath the ball. Um, and his base, even on the one to Malachi Coleman, it worked out. It just seems like his legs are so far apart. His base is so big. And I hope that the staff is working to clean up those mechanics. Maybe by the time you get to college, you are who you are as a passer, and that's not going to change. But at six foot five, I feel like there should be a lot more easy completions for Heinrich Harburg that they just look so difficult sometimes. Yeah, it's interesting. Kind of reminds me, uh, if you remember when Taylor Martinez was at sure. Nebraska, would always go out in California camps in the offseason, <laughs> and this, you know, they're going to fix him. And I don't know if it ever got, you know, too much better. He's obviously a great Nebraska quarterback, but obviously a lot of that was on the on the ground game. But if you do remember his career as he developed, he did get better in the passing game. By the <laughs> time he was a junior, he was the co uh, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, and, and part of due to the strides he made in his passing game. So, I mean, I think that there is there's some hope that, you know, Heinrich Harburg, a young guy, you know, if he really is a big focus, you know, going into this offseason as perhaps the starter, um, then you would maybe 
you know, we, we could see maybe some of those mechanics cleaned up or at least try to get there. But a lot of it I do think is, you know, is, is just kind of are who you are at this point. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if he can get a whole lot better. Um, it is it. It's just going to be limited. He's not he's not uh, developed it quite yet in, in that in that way. But I mean, part of that, too, is, as we mentioned, was just also just missing open players by not throwing to them, missing mm-hmm. open players when he does throw to them by not hitting them in stride or making a throwing them a catchable ball. Um, so there's a lot of strides to be made, you know, between the between the ears as well for Heinrich. And, and like you said, I think for this game, it's interesting just to say, you know, we kind of you had to understand if you watched him uh, that. He's not there yet, and it's it's going. You're probably going to have a game or two like this where he's going to struggle. Like you said, did a good job of not letting it overwhelm him. Um, and I was just intrigued because there was a lot of talk on Twitter, a lot of talk, um, you know, just throughout the Husker universe of, of kind of, do you think about putting Jeff Sims back in? And I think a lot of people, if you know, if this is a closer game and Nebraska's down and you needed a spark, maybe you do that. But I, I think at this point, when where you're um, you don't want to get to a point where you're just kind of flopping them in and out based on an interception or two um, because then they're going to be scared to make a p- pass or make a play. So I'm glad that they kind of stuck to it. The score allowed him to do that. The defense mm-hmm. allowed him to do that. And ultimately, he shined where he normally shines, which is on the ground. Uh, a little bit hesitant running the ball, I think, at first two in this game. So just took him a little bit of time. But, you know, at, at, at some point... He's tough to bring down, and he lays the <laughs> delivers the hits. Actually, when he's getting tackled, and you know, he, he did end up doing that. Was one of Nebraska's leading rushers today. So, I, I yeah, I mean, I for especially for this season, you just kind of are where you are. There's a lot to break down in what you said. I think the most important part is that even though he played, I think hands down his worst game as a starter, Nebraska still won. It's a lot easier to stomach. To, to learn when you're winning. Um, if if Nebraska would have lost this game, if Northwestern would have put 14 points up on the board after those two interceptions and Nebraska wasn't good enough to, to dig out of that hole, there'd be a completely different conversation. But the defense picked him up. He shook it off. He didn't throw another interception. He hit the big play. Um, that's where I think I'll credit Marcus Satterfield. We talked about uh, you know the design of the play itself, but the timing of that play. Nebraska has some momentum. They have a short field. I like that opportunity to dial up the deep shot. Trust your guy in Malachi Coleman to go get it. And we'll talk more about the the core around Heinrich Harburg as we we continue here. Um, but he, he bounced back from the two interceptions. If you take those two throws out of it, and even the one to Billy Kemp that resulted in a fumble, take those three throws out of it. He's 8 of 14 for 85 yards. 8 of 14, not great still, but that's manageable. You can work with that. It's a very, again, kind of Big Ten West stat line. On Heinrich Harburg as a runner, 16 carries for 72 yards, um, the long of 20 for the touchdown. Good decision to keep that one and not pitch it. I'll say two things. Number one, he has to be willing to pitch the ball. Even if you're going to get the same amount of yards, let your running back take the hits. I respect it. I I appreciate him being hard-nosed and willing to take some of those hits, but read the pitch man, right? He's there for a reason. If he dives down on you, pitch it on that last step or two steps before. Give your running back, your playmaker, a chance to make a play. Number two, for as physical as Heinrich Harburg is, he takes a lot of big shots. And I think most of those come when he's trying to change direction. I don't think he's nearly that quick. I think his legs get outside of him a little bit. So there are sometimes when he's running straight ahead, he can deliver some of those hits. 
But to change direction, you see him really have to stutter step, and he stands up a bit. Again, Taylor Martinez-esque. Mm-hmm. And that's where some of these big hits come in, and I'm worried those add up. So if I'm Nebraska's coaching staff, I'm telling Heinrich Harburg, pick a direction and go. If you have one guy to beat, maybe try to get some fancy footwork in and make a move. But otherwise, if you're in traffic, don't stand up. Stay low. Try to be the one to deliver that punishment. Yeah, I I, I think you're right in, in your assessment there. And, and he's, you know, again, growing as a player, uh, growing at being a Big Ten quarterback at this level. Uh, and, and so, I mean, you you, want, you you just think maybe there is a lot of promise ahead of him. Um, and, and we'll see. I mean, it's going to be fascinating this offseason to see what they do at the quarterback position. Are they okay with it? Is he the quarterback of the future? Do they want to go into the portal uh, for some competition? That will be exciting, but I do think uh, there's a lot to improve on for Harbury, but at the (laughs) same time, he's passable as a Big Ten West quarterback right now, and obviously getting you some wins. Um, I, I I do think, as opposed to earlier in the year, we saw another game, 16 carries for him. You know, maybe some of those were on the uh, victory formation there at the <laughs> end. But in any case, I do think, you know, it, it is just very obvious at this point in time, you're going to need those. So, I mean, he's going to take a lot of hits. Um, and Nebraska, you know, it's, it seems like almost forever outside of a Tanner Lee here, <laughs> here <laughs> and there have been very reliant on quarterbacks mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of trying to be the difference makers. And I don't think Harburg's quite the difference maker or an equalizer as a Tommy Armstrong or a Taylor Martinez or an Adrian Martinez. Um, but he is what they, he is what makes that offense run. And so, yes, I, I do think he takes some bad hits here and there, but I think you have to continue running that offense and also keep in mind that Jeff Sims is very similar in that manner. So mm-hmm. at least if you do kind of have an injury and, and go out, I don't think you're having too much of a drop off um, and you are, uh, you know, you have a similar guy coming in so you can run the same type of offense. Uh, so at least that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, and then obviously, um, you know, how much can you lose for an offense that doesn't <laughs> score 19 points a game again? Uh, right. Nebraska averages 19 points per game coming in here. They get the win. But they don't improve on their points per game total. Uh, they actually go down a little bit. Good thing there's no drive for 25 for Marcus Satterfield. He <laughs> would right. be uh, behind pace. But we'll talk more about the offensive skill guys in our next segment. But one I want to get to before we go to break. Thomas Fedoni, three catches for 18 yards. Targeted five times. He was targeted on, I think, both interceptions. It yeah. was. Um, this definitely goes to what we're talking about for Heinrich Harburg needing to grow. I don't want to get on Marcus Satterfield or Heinrich Harburg for targeting their former five-star tight end roommate guy that I think a lot of Husker fans want to be a difference maker too much. We like tight ends here at Nebraska. Mm. I think Fedoni can be a difference maker. Um, But again, the first interception, he locked on Thomas Fedoni. Uh, There's a third down too. Bryce Gallagher draped all over Thomas Fedoni. Maybe no one else had, you know, a step on their guy, had an opening, but that's one that with the linebacker draped all over him, a better linebacker makes that an interception, right? So I get there's a fine line between trusting your guy to make a play and just eating it. You know, I, I worry that as much as we want Heinrich Harburg to go to Thomas Fedoni and look at him as a safety blanket like he did his first few games as a starter, I feel like he was really zeroed in on him and it, it could have cost Nebraska today. Even the, even the receptions that he did have were like, you know, he was he was losing yards coming back. Right. And he's a big guy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he just wasn't in the best position um, you know, they were completions and you got yards out of them. And, and so, you know, you take what you can get there, but he just, he wasn't very effective today. 
despite being the only Husker with more than one catch. <laughs> right. Uh, which is interesting. But, you know, I think part of that's credit Northwestern. If you scout Nebraska coming in, that, that'd be the first guy I'd want to take away from their offense. Um, and I think they did a pretty good job of doing that today. And Nebraska's passing game altogether pretty ineffective. And maybe you, you felt, you know, after the two interceptions targeting him, uh, you know, the need to maybe pull away from locking in on him. And, and maybe so that took away a, a bit from him for the rest of the game. But, you know, there's also a possibility he just didn't have one of his better games today. And in, in, in Fedoni, we've seen better games from him. So before as well. So um, it's that passing game is just a work in progress. And we'll see about the injuries to Billy Kemp. Um, it just, it continues to have more obstacles for just, and, and I say this in the nicest way, a bad passing game. It's it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's just, it doesn't provide you too much. Um, the ceiling was limited even with these guys, but yeah. the floor is just about dropped out. Yeah. Um, it, it, and I just can't, I, I want to say, I know we have more to talk about here, but, you know, the Malachi Coleman thing where he had, you know, five yards coming in on a reception mm-hmm. last week. Um, does this spark more targets toward him? Was that just kind of, is he just going to be their deep, new deep play guy? Not Tommy Hill <laughs> full time on defense. Right. Um, I'm interested to see where they go with that, but, uh, because it was, you know, it's a great moment for him, but it's not like he had to go up and get it or make a spectacular catch or anything. Text line. Give us your thoughts. 402-464-5685. Is Malachi Coleman's touchdown a spark for him in the passing offense? Jaden Doss gets targeted a couple times. No Jalen Lloyd. Does he factor back in? And then the running game. We'll talk receivers. We'll talk running backs as we continue. Uh, 93.7 The Tickets postgame coverage of Nebraska's 17-9 win over Northwestern after this. Jake Foreman postgame show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinnie Kreekak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Rolling right along another half an hour or so to go here on... 93.7, the tickets, post-game coverage, Nebraska 17, Northwestern 9. All tied up at the Bob. Uh, Wisconsin takes set to 25-17. to 17. Um, On Husker football, Bach, you, you finished us out last segment by talking about Malachi Coleman. Heck of a moment for that young man. Uh, scores a huge touchdown that balloons Nebraska's lead. Game felt pretty well in control at that point. You're up 17-6. to 6. Northwestern gets a big play right after that. The defense stands up, only allows a field goal. But I think that play is a perfect encapsulation of what we can expect from Malachi Coleman. His five-yard catch against Illinois, I don't think is really his game. Um, you know, tall guy, maybe not the thickest, biggest body yet. You got to stretch him out. Let those legs work. Let him run. He just ran past a Northwestern guy on a route, a route that Matt Rule even said is a left of the game route. It's, it's a team player route. You're not expecting to get the ball. But Heinrich Harburg hung in the pocket, lofted up there. Malachi Coleman catches it in the back of the end zone for a 44-yard score. I don't want to tamp down the excitement of that play. It was awesome. It came at a big time. Congratulations to him. I do want to maybe tamp down the expectations for him. I think he's just the resident deep ball guy that you can throw it up to you say, hey, just go outrun this guy. We'll take a look at you, you know, in a few moments here. And yes, we'll have to play some other receiver snaps just given Nebraska's depth. Malachi Coleman isn't a number one, you know, true number one Big Ten receiver right now, but there's an important role for him on this team. Yeah, it's interesting to see where it goes from here, especially if Billy Kemp does have to miss a game because, I mean, you do want to target your playmakers, and they're mm-hmm. running out of playmakers, and he's a guy, um, you know, that has all the athleticism in the world. You're just kind of waiting for him to turn that into, you know, football athleticism at, at the at the Power 5 level, uh, which is a lot to ask for, you know, a guy that was just in high school at this time last year. Um, yeah, go yeah, for go it. Ahead. Sorry. 
No, go ahead. I was just saying, the other young guys that, that played, uh, Jaden Doss got targeted twice, one on a deeper ball down the field. Um, the, the broadcast got confused. Malachi Coleman was in the area, but it was definitely intended for Jaden Doss, who had to come back for it. I don't know if it's supposed to be back shoulder or is just underthrown, um, but Doss has the one catch for four yards. No targets for uh, Jalen Lloyd, who was the other young receiver in that core. The guy I want to talk about, though, I thought did a bang-up job at the podium. Emmett Johnson gets the start at running back. We can dive into running back depth here a little bit, but I'm going to focus on Emmett Johnson here for a second. The postgame press conference sounded mature beyond his years. I was very impressed with how he handled that moment, his first you know major time in front of the media. 12 carries for 73 yards. Earlier in the week, Bach, I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday, Strick and I were talking about the young guys that were going to play. And I said, I would rather see 75 yards rushing from Emmett Johnson than 75 yards receiving out of any of the young receivers. Now, I didn't see Emmett Johnson getting the start in getting yeah. 75 yards, but if he was able to get up in that that area, that means either the line had a good day or we saw some stuff from Emmett Johnson. I saw toughness. I saw a little bit of elusiveness. Never a huge run. I mean, 24 yards on his biggest burst of the day. That's acceptable, but 12 carries, 73 yards overall. I was very impressed from what Emmett Johnson showed today. Yeah, I was too. I mean, it, and, and it was it's by far his best game, obviously, as a Husker. It's it's one thing to say, you know, I think you can get a 75-yard performance out of him if if, if, he's, if he gets the start, if he gets the carries, mm-hmm. and, and to see it. Now you know, okay, this this guy is, you know, can do it um, despite all your injuries in front of him. And obviously the other story is Anthony Grant not getting the start because he's fallen into Matt Rule would, would not term the doghouse, but anybody else in sports <laughs> would call uh, the doghouse because so it's his dorm room. He's not in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, and he got a few carries in there as well. Six carries for 22 yards. I thought both of them looked pretty good as far as elusiveness, breaking tackles, mm-hmm. uh, and, and finding the holes. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I was really impressed with Emmett Johnson. I think that he's... Again, you kind of get into that point. I mean, it wasn't so overwhelming that you're thinking he's the next big playmaker for Nebraska, but it's a good mm-hmm. start, and it's a guy that you can go to uh, and that they're going to have to go to. And I hate to keep up bringing it, but they're running out of playmakers. And if they lose another one, like you you start to think without Billy Kemp, that's the guy that we talked about, I mean, articles were written mm-hmm. about. They're finding ways to get him the ball. they got to find a ways to get their playmaker the ball. Okay, if he's out, who's your playmaker? And, and you don't trust Grant. He would be one of them. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost Emmett Johnson now. And that's after one start, after one game. Um, so it's it's just fascinating to see where this offense will go next when they line up against Purdue. Um, and, you know, especially where the running back position goes. Because, you know, you're running out of time if you're Anthony Grant to kind of correct this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, salvage a senior season that should be much better than this. Obviously coming off close to a thousand yard rushing year. Um, but at the same time, if he does not correct those uh, mistakes, at least Nebraska can feel now, okay, you've got a guy that's going to start and has started taking advantage of that opportunity. Emmett Johnson, I was concerned for. When they moved Josh Fleeks up to number two on the depth chart, Like they must really just not believe in this guy. Maybe he's up to speed. Maybe he's good to go now, but I think this is a great step in the right direction for him. Josh Fleek getting the second running back carries, obviously the miscommunication, just the the botched exchange with Heinrich Harburg, not a great showing. Six carries for 22 yards for Anthony Grant, half of them on one carry. I would love to know what's going on there in practice because Anthony Grant didn't have fumble problems last year. He was he was the workhorse running back. He was the guy, and we didn't see this. Is it he's in his last season and he's, he's letting up mentally? He's getting lax with the ball just for getting his fundamentals. 
Is it they're coaching him a different way, coaching him to do something else that he's not comfortable with? I would love to know what that that disconnect is there because a guy like him to be third on the depth, depth chart to start the year, go to a starting role, be okay in it, and then just kind of out of the bye week, out of nowhere, go back down to third on the depth chart. That's weird. I mean, I get it with the the injuries to Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson. It is a little bit running back by committee. But I think the hope was that with a guy like Anthony Grant, you wouldn't have to go back to that committee that he would just seize the reins of this job and take over. And he hasn't. Well, and, and I, I think, too, you know, obviously, if the fumbling issues aside, he is a solid back. He showed that again tonight. I think he ran pretty impressively at times. Um, but I don't. You know, where, where some people see him as just a, like an obvious NFL back, I don't necessarily see that even with the fumbling issues aside. I mean, I think he's got potential to get a chance, you know, similar to like a Diedrich Mills or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't necessarily see him as just like an overall, you know, top four round pick or anything like that. Um, so, I mean, I I think that that's part of it. Like if his, if his talent was, you know, and, and we all like to throw out, you know, close to a thousand yard back, guys, that's... That's not as special as we make it sound. It just it's, it's because <laughs> Nebraska hasn't had one right. in so long, or you know that threat um, that it, it sounded more special than it was. Now at the same time, it's easy for me to say that. it's tough to go out there and get a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think part of it is that you know his, his talent isn't so overwhelming that the other you know that you can't do running back by committee if he's struggling and he and he's just continues to struggle. I, I think you're, they're probably still seeing it in practices. We can say you say what we want to say from games, but Matt rules kind of had said, if you do it on Tuesday, if you fumble on Tuesday and then fumble on Wednesday, then it's going to be a problem. And, and then, you know, the other thing that Matt rules publicly said is, you know, how Anthony Grant carries the ball is something that they need to work on. And I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting. The first carry he did get today, Jake, Butt, who was uh, doing, uh, who was the analyst uh, today for Michigan tight end, obviously, um, was going, ooh, yeah, the, the, the you know, the defender could have popped that one out. So, you know, it's it's probably still something about his mechanics that, that continue to, to trouble him there. And that's, again, what we've been talking about mechanics for whomever at this point. Harburg, Grant, it's like if, if you've, if you're, especially if you're Grant, though, and, you know, he's an older guy, uh, even in college, I think he's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. You've been running the ball one way your whole career, and now they're trying to get you to change, you know, differently. I mean, I think that can be difficult to do. So, um I don't know. I mean, I want to see him get better. I want to see him, you know, be able to overcome this because he is one of the few threats that Nebraska has as far as a proven threat. Um, but at the same time, I don't want it to be because Nebraska doesn't have options. And that's kind of where it's felt so far. It's like we well, we don't really have a choice. We gotta give Grant the ball because he's really only the guys we have. If Emmett Johnson can step up, he's gonna take more of those carries um away from Grant. And again, it's not necessarily what I'm cheering for, but I do want Grant if he is going to earn those carries back to to earn them, not just because mm-hmm. of, of a need basis. To your point on 1,000-yard rushers, say a running back plays in all 12 games, you only need 84 yards a game to get there, which doesn't seem unattainable. If you average 84 yards a game, you get to 1,000. seems like that should be entirely doable, especially with a philosophy like Nebraska's, uh, where it seems like they're pretty committed to running the ball. Maybe it's all they have, but regardless, that's what they're doing. Let me throw this question to you, Buck. Which do you feel better about going into next year as a hypothetical? Emmett Johnson is starting running back, Malachi Coleman is wide receiver one, or Heinrich Carver gets starting quarterback? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, or, or you can rank them one to three. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ah, that is a tough question. I suppose because we've been very limited in what we've seen from Emmett Johnson and Malachi Coleman, 
I mean, Malachi Coleman seemingly, I mean, he could be a star. So, I mean, I, I think at, at some point, he's not there yet, but I think with his upside, you could see that maybe coming on in a sophomore season, and we'll have to see how he develops. But mm-hmm. right now, I'd probably lean toward him there. Uh, and then, you know, just because we haven't seen too much out of out of Emma Johnson, I've seen one, more than one game, I'd probably go Heinrich second, then Emma Johnson third. Although it would be easy, you know, It'd be easy to switch those around because I think Emmett Johnson, from what we have seen, can fill that role. And what we're talking about, again, is I maybe we don't need him to be a 1,000-yard rusher, just be mm-hmm. kind of what Nebraska's can had. Can he get 750 like Ramirez did? Yeah, something like that. Um, and it just feels with like, like Harburg's just got a long ways to go. Uh, and, and But at the same time, they've proven they can win with him. So, you know, if you're asking me if I feel more confident about, you know, scoring 30 points a game, maybe I would <laughs> would put um, Emmett Johnson above Heinrich Harburg. But as far as the game manager stuff, the being able to, um, to to grind up victories like they have so far and in his own development, which he'll have a chance to do, uh, I think I would go with Heinrich Harburg second, if only because we haven't seen enough of Emmett Johnson. This was kind of his first game. To answer my own question, I'll go Heinrich at number one. I think he can be a decent enough bridge guy. I still think Nebraska hits the portal, but I'm I'm if you tell me Heinrich Harburg is Nebraska's starting quarterback next year, I'm not thrilled, but you could do worse. Yeah. I think an offseason of development would do him do him some good. Give me Emmett Johnson at number two as starting running back. I saw enough from him tonight. I mean, putting up the numbers he did in high school at Minnesota. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that at running back, especially if the offensive line is good. I, I don't think it should necessarily like you yes, you want a game breaker at running back, have that guy, but I think just a, a solid, steady guy can get the job done. Malachi Coleman, I have it. If you're telling me he's Nebraska's best receiver next year, I don't love that. But I do think by the end of his time at Nebraska, he has the highest ceiling of all three of those guys. Mm -hmm. He's physically talented right now with his height, his length. I think he can still put on a good amount of weight and still be able to run like he does. It just still seems like he's learning the position in a lot of ways. So even if he's never going to be, you know, a, a true, you know, technical wide receiver, have perfect footwork and get open just by shaking and baking on routes, just being able to stretch the field like that. If he can work on getting out of breaks, just, you know, that split second quicker because of the threat of the deep ball, be able to haul in some of those, you know, third and seven passes for first down instead of being just a true deep ball guy. The world is his oyster. Well, and I I think too, I mean, part of that, if you just think, unless they go out into the portal, Who's their number one if they if he's not? You know, is right. it Alex Bullock? Is it you know? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, that's where yes. we're at right now. That's yes, who factual. It is. So, yes, um, <laughs> you know, Correct. Marcus Washington might come back. Uh, you you hear that? But I mean, that's again a guy coming off of injury. Um, so I mean, it's it's all those it's all those things. It's just there's a long way to go, and that's why this off season is going to be fascinating. You know, the how they do. Uh, you know, how college football is with adding players and, and all that is because Nebraska, you know, again, to Satterfield's defense just doesn't have a whole lot to work with. So what they're so all these guys that we're talking about mm-hmm. while they're young and have a long way to to, to grow, you know, right now, um, don't <laughs> you know, don't exactly strike fear in opponents right now. So um it's the opportunity is there. Certainly for all three of them, especially mm-hmm. if Billy Kemp is out for the foreseeable future, um, to be the number ones in that position going into Purdue right now. You know, so it's, it's like you're trying out for the future while you are the present. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. One more segment to go here on post game. Let's look big picture. I know Matt Rule doesn't like that. We'll look at next week a little bit. 
But really fascinating stuff going on across the Big Ten West today. It deserves a look with Nebraska getting win. Who else uh, moved up in the standings? Who moved down? We'll talk about that, put Nebraska's win over Northwestern into context to wrap up uh, postgame coverage next. Jay Foreman Postgame Show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinny Krikak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Nebraska 17, Northwestern 9. The Huskers improve to 2-2 two two in the Big Ten. Northwestern falls to 1-3. and three. Austin Norman and Jake Bakovan back with you on air. Been running the board for us here uh, for the last hour and a half. Uh, the less impactful games in the Big Ten got out of the way quickly. Michigan rolling over Michigan State 42-0. Ohio State beats Penn State 20-12. And bowl-eligible Rutgers. We do live in that <laughs> world. They beat Indiana. Okay, to so the Big Ten West. Illinois had Wisconsin by the neck. All they had to do was squeeze, and they didn't. They're up 21-7 to entering the fourth quarter. The Badgers rattle off 18 unanswered points, including... A touchdown to their left tackle with 27 seconds yeah, left right. to win that game. Illinois improves to 3-1 and one in the Big Ten. They're now your leader in the West. They entered the day uh, half game back of Iowa, but Wisconsin wins. I don't want to say Wisconsin has anything figured out. I think this is more a missed opportunity for Illinois to build off their win over Maryland, Buck. Yeah, Wisconsin looks a lot more vulnerable maybe than we did what I thought at least a couple weeks ago where I was I was kind of thinking, yeah, they probably don't have much. Nebraska's not going to have much of a chance against Wisconsin and against Maryland. Um, and Maryland maybe bouncing back a little bit. We'll see what what they do. Um, but Wisconsin looks very gettable. Uh, mm-hmm. We obviously know Nebraska beat Illinois. Um, and, that you know, that's not that impressive of a team. Now down to one and four in the Big Ten. Um, so that game looks a lot more gettable than it did a few weeks ago. The other game in the West was Minnesota beating Iowa in Kinnick for the first time since 1999, snapping a six-game losing streak against the Hawkeyes. One touchdown in the game. It came from Iowa in the second quarter. The Hawkeyes led it 10-3 to at half. Uh, but three more field goals in the second half for Minnesota. And controversy in Iowa City. Cooper DeGene uh, appears to have a punt return uh, touchdown to win the game with about a minute and a half to go. But no, it's waved off with an illegal fair catch signal, something I've never heard of before. I will take the ref's word for it. that It's actually <laughs> a thing. But Minnesota knocks off Iowa. The Gophers 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. Iowa down to 3-2. and two. Looking big picture here, Bach. If Nebraska takes things a week at a time, everything they pictured before the season and more is in their sights. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, I mean, obviously winning the Big Ten West is one thing. Winning the Big Ten altogether is another. <laughs> uh, and so basically anybody who comes out of the West is going to look like a, a major, uh, is not going to have much of a chance in Indianapolis. But in any case, you know, that would be a huge thing that Nebraska can do. Close to controlling their own destiny, but Minnesota now with only two losses, obviously, would win that mm-hmm. tiebreaker. But you have Wisconsin at 3-1 and one in front of you, Nebraska at 2-2. Two and two. You win that game, obviously, um, then you would get the tiebreaker there. So Nebraska's very much in the picture. I don't know if I would be ready to say that they're, you know, favorites or necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, based on today's game, I don't think they're going to necessarily win it. But just to be in the picture, to have relevant games in November, that's something that uh, we could get used to again. Nebraska Purdue on tap. We'll talk about it all week here at 93.7 The Ticket. For Bach and Ben, I'm Austin. Thanks for tuning in to Post Game. More later this week.